Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are just as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They're milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome back, everybody, to Not Another podcast sarah levine and i'm danny marfino we're your partners in wine crime and time and we're going down under this week's hour right yes we sure are yes i feel like this came from a suggestion so uh definitely continue to leave us suggestions in the reviews give us five stars we love to see it and we do check them out. The one last week was a suggestion, and we had no clue about that one ever. And it really, I keep thinking about it. And this is another one that I think I have never heard of before, and it will linger with me. Yeah, it's weird because I feel like this podcast was huge in Australia, even in the States, but I just hadn't really heard of it. So I started listening to it. It is good. I got like four episodes in, I will say. No, I'm on episode five. There's a and lot I of apps. Yeah. There's a lot. I was like, I... I can't possibly listen to 16 hours of a podcast in like three days, but I did my best. <laughs> Maybe on like one and a half speed. <laughs> That's actually a good call. Just have it be a little bit down like that. And I'm also in the whole thing too, where because it is Australian, I really just still think of Instant Hotel, which is the Netflix show I became obsessed with, with Babe and Bondi. And I, oh, I don't know that one. Oh, it's, I mean, it is a reality competent. This is the segue that people skip uh, ahead for, but it is uh, like it's people like comparing and like judging each other's Airbnbs. And there mm. was a couple, oh, there that. was a, there was a mother daughter <laughs> duo, Babe and Bondi, and they were a who. So I recommend that if anybody needs a crime palate cleanser. That sounds like uh, four weddings, but for Airbnb. <laughs> yeah, we kind of. I loved that show. Yeah, but I mean, today we're going to talk about. The Chris Dawson case, the murder of Lynn Dawson. If you listen to Teachers or the podcast, The Teacher's Pet, yes. we're probably just going to be rehashing a lot of that. So, like, no, they were the or, no offense taken. If exactly, yeah. uh, so shout if out to them. Like it a, also <laughs> very morbidly is back to school time. So this is a that's weird, true. Yeah. So not on not planned theme, but there is a sense that is true. And of course, a lot of this info comes from the Teacher's Pet podcast. Really good podcast by. Headley Thomas, an investigative reporter in Australia, um, but also just a couple of articles. And if you follow the news, you might have seen this case back in the news because there was recently like a huge development the other week. Uh, kind of like the major development. <laughs> the major one. The most major development. Yeah, pretty much. But I guess let's just jump right in. Yeah. So uh, Chris and Lynette, or as they called her, Lynn, met in high school at a school event. And Chris went on to become a professional footballer, as they said on the podcast, which footballer? I'm like, okay, is, I guess, a soccer player. <laughs> I feel like I you know because I think I always Google it. Then what is football called there? But I guess I think football is just more an American. Maybe it's American football. I think they call it American football, but okay. I don't think they think about it very much. <laughs> OK, well, fair. well, this is also football season kickoff. So we're having right? we're always on theme. It is a interesting sport that makes no sense trying to watch yeah. it live. I'm like. I know the rules and I don't understand what's going on. I just shout and eat nachos, which is kind of my that's what a, my skill set yeah. is for that. I agree. I feel like that's what you're meant to do. <laughs> <laughs> that's my so, profession. Yeah. 
Yeah, so Chris was a professional football player, as was his twin brother, Paul. And like, we'll get into it. And the podcast spends like a lot of time on it, which I thought was like maybe over the top, but. About their skills. Yeah. The fact that they're like, they're not just twins, they're kind of like creepy twins. Like they're too close. And you know what? Because I guess because it is a podcast, you have to like, uh, unpack and talk about that google one photo of the two of them together it gives it gives oh i never did that i'm gonna google that i just kind of i sort of it, it, there, there <laughs> were some moments there yeah <laughs> this is hilarious i've never well i mean i can't really take a picture like this with my siblings because we don't look alike but this is funny <laughs> interesting okay good to know yeah so i hope so- <laughs> you all just google that as well right now and then to paint the better picture for this we're an oh audio visual podcast please do so they were both part of the 1973 New South Wales Rugby League Club championship winning team. That was a mouthful. <laughs> so <laughs> they were like something of local celebs. Right. Lynn was a nurse at a children's hospital and she also like did uh, child care as well, I think part time. And Chris and Paul then later became teachers at a high school. Chris was a sports teacher. Chris was at Cromer High School. I will say, when I started listening to the podcast, I was like, podcast needs subtitles. I- <laughs> and then I got used to it. <laughs> I was the opposite where I was like, I'm just going to try and talk in this accent for forever, which I love that. does not go well. Imagine if we did that for the whole episode. I uh, No, because you know what? Because I do want to visit Australia, and I feel if we do that, we would not be allowed in, which would be You're fair. right. We would be barred. <laughs> so they, uh, they also like bought houses near each other. So they both lived in the Northern Beaches District, which is a suburb of Sydney. Mm. And as a fun fact, this is where Leanne Moriarty said big little lies, just to like give you a picture of that. That is crazy. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's a place where you can imagine Reese Witherspoon sipping Chardonnay. Right. It's like a town where everybody has secrets and they <laughs> exactly. live on the beach, pretty much. It's a town where life is perfect on the outside. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. I mean, truly. It really, because- actually, truly. Yeah. Actually, truly, because the thing about this high school and the schools in the area, and this is something I'm still trying to wrap my head around, but like a lot of the male teachers would like hit on and have relationships with students in high school. I don't understand how that is just like, oh, my God. Yeah, that's the school where that happens. Like, how is it? How is that like their trademark like thing? Because it wasn't just that school like this happened in a lot of places. And I don't know why or how, but this was just. Like kind of the culture of the time. And part of it is because I think um, the age of consent was 16 Mm. and there was no like, like, I feel like here there are some places where the age of consent is 16, but it's there's like Romeo and Juliet laws. Right. But yeah, there was no sort of law that's like, hey, if you're fucking 30 years old, you can't have a relationship with a 16 year old. Like, that's not the same as especially when you're like 16 year old and an 18 year old. They're like you are their like superior like they go yeah. to your class you know what i mean yeah i did ask like one australian friend and i mean she so was we're following the survey literally i was just like well i just you know asked her about the podcast and everything and i mean i think it's kind of true in general that like because this was in the early 80s and i think a mm. lot of even just child abuse in general wasn't really no not at all believed to be a thing <laughs> no until like probably the 80s and it wasn't discussed either. Yeah. Yeah. And like grooming is still a relatively new concept that we're coming to terms with. Um, mm-hmm. Still, it's pretty crazy to wrap your head around the fact that like multiple teachers did this. Like Chris did this. 
Paul did this, which yeah. is another like creepy twin thing. Like, so you're both pedophiles. Cool. <laughs> it, like, ha- yeah. What is the gene pool here? Seriously. And so Chris took notice of one girl. They say her name in the podcast. You can kind of find it. But in court and some media outlets, she only used her initials. So I'm going to go with that or I'll give her a fake name. We'll we'll call her Justine, not her name. But they call her, they just refer to her as JC. So he kind of took notice of her when she was 15, which is gross. And even more disgusting, if that is possible, is that Chris apparently noticed her on the playground. Which. Um, did I also mention this that he and Lynn had like two daughters? So you didn't, but that's the crazy. Like that's oh, like these kids are like close to their yeah. They were like two and four, I think, when this was all happening. But like you're a parent, like you should yeah. It's yeah, exactly. But and he even switched his schedule so he would teach her class. Disgusting. And then he started leaving her these handwritten notes, and then it gets even more outrageous because then he gives her a job babysitting his two daughters and he started giving her driving Mm. lessons Mm. i know i know and so he kissed her in the car during one of those lessons and then about a week after she turned 16 which is the age of consent they had sex for the first time and he was 32 by the way so twice her age and also it's the thing too, driving lessons and him hiring her to babysit. Those are two things where he is still in and the he's power a teacher. Yeah. yeah. So fucked up and twisted. And at this point they would like have sex every Friday night and Chris would pick her up and they'd have sex in his car, which would be like very quaint if they were both in high school. Yeah, but it is, is very disturbing because he's a full ass adult with, with a, a family. family. A family. Yes. And this is honestly, this is really what gets me about this guy because he just tries to claim he's the victim of this, like, you know, travesty of justice and blah, blah, blah. Oh, and it's that, like, yeah. I don't know, man. Like, what are you going to answer to this stuff? Because, like, regardless of if you're a murderer or not, which I think you are, um, I think you are like, too. you're kind of still a predator. A predator. So, yes, exactly. not even kind of, just like literally. A point blank, like, you lay out what you did and it is what that is. Yeah. Totally. So at this time, also, Justine's home life was really bad. Um, She had a violent stepfather who got physically abusive with her mother and also at one point her. So here's what's even crazier. She moves into the Dawson's home in 1981 and she's having a full on like, I mean, I don't want to say she's having an affair because like Chris is kind of the one having an affair, but like their relationship increases. Yes, they're full on like having a sexual relationship. In the house that she lives in, that his wife and family live in. With the wife and kids, yeah. And so she claims that Chris asked her to marry her um, in 1981, and she said yes to kind of, like, get him off his back. The thing about, like, JC slash Justine, who we're calling her, is that she kind of has, like, come out and been like, yeah, this relationship was horrible, and, like, you know, he groomed me, of course, and a lot of... Things that she agreed to, I think she just did to kind of get Chris like off her back because mm. he was he was like obsessed with her. He was really overbearing. Yeah. And also it's the thing, too. It's like if her home life was that awful, where was she going to go? You know, what right. I mean? like it's not like she could just be like, OK, let me tell my parents and let me get away from him. It's like she was stuck. And yeah. And she, you know, saw him as this trusted figure. Yeah. And so she told the court that Chris would sing these like cruel songs to his wife. And they would like have sex when she was asleep or in the shower, the wife, by the way. 
Um, so just kind of like shameless, honestly. And then a friend of Lynn's claimed that Chris was getting physically abusive toward her. And one had overheard this really loud argument between them from like literally outside, like in another house. And this was about his like extramarital relationship. And then also like friends started seeing bruises as well. And then by the end of the school year in 1981, they weren't even secret about their relationship. Like Chris went to the end of year formal as just. I don't even know how. I don't even know how that would like. I can't because I can't fathom or like think of that happened at my height. You know what I mean? Like I could not even imagine that being a, a thing. A billion percent no. Like insta fired. I mean, he would have been insta fired a yes. long time ago, I think. But yeah, I don't know how You would have been like, arrested, not, fi- not just fired, yeah. That's that's facts. Yeah. I don't know how that was allowed. And there are like other things that we'll talk about like later on, but the teachers and I get that it's slightly different because the drinking age is lower, but you know, the teachers would like drink with the kids in a pub and it's like and the headmaster was like yeah i didn't like it but what can you do and it's like i you can do Tell things not to yeah you, i don't know be like yeah. i'm your boss yeah so i think there was just this very like throw up your hands kind of attitude but i don't really know um and honestly if you're from australia dm us not a true crime like ex- honestly explain to us because i am really struggling to See how that's okay to do at a school function. In pot, like truly, like flaunt, like he's flaunting what he's doing. Yeah. So, like I said, around this time, Lynn's friends started noticing uh, bruises, and she, of course, like brushed it off. And then, in early November 1981, Lynn confronted Justine and said, "You've been taking liberties with my husband," which is a way of putting it that's for sure yeah and also like i like how she's get i know like lynn probably didn't like was a victim from chris in so many ways but like then like jc's getting yelled at too it just all really baffles me i know it's like she's not the one who's like fucked up everything no exactly i mean i get the impulse to like come at the quote-unquote other woman even though again like she's a child but yeah considering that she's a child and like these are two adults it's really like but she did argue with Chris about it, too. So uh-huh. yeah. still, though, very mild way of putting it. And then uh, that night, JC moved out of the house and went to Paul's house. Oh, Lord. <sighs> Lord, he's... Lord, Lord. Yes. Birds of a feather. And so then a few days before Christmas, Chris presented Lynn with papers that she would need to sign so he could sell the house uh, because they both bought it, I guess. So like she had to sign it, too. So On the mortgage together. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what it was. Uh, she refused, mm. and two days before Christmas, Chris and JC packed up all their stuff to move to Queensland. And this was like actually really fucked up because Chris was like supposed to pick Lynn up from I don't know work or something that day, and he just totally ghosted her. And not only ghosted, like globally ghosted, like moved. I mean, I know in the same like yeah. itself, yeah. No, he he tried. So she got home because Paul gave her a ride. Yeah, and like found this note from Chris explaining he'd left, but then. They didn't end up like sticking with that plan because JC got like too anxious and like legit had stress hives. Ugh, so yeah. on Christmas, I know on Christmas Day, they came back to Sydney and then she tried to end the relationship, but Chris wasn't having it. Not so, surprisingly. I know, not surprisingly. So JC went camping with her sisters and some friends on January 2nd of 1982 um, or the first, but either way, like she was there either New Year's Day or the day after New Year's Day. 
And um, Chris called her every day on the trip and at one point said, Lynn's gone. She's not coming back. Come back to Sydney and help me look after the children and be with me. Heavy, heavy to heavy call uh, to get while camping. It's giving yeah. like Larry Rudolph vibes. Oh my God. Yeah. He's like, I killed my wife for you. And prosecutors kind of theorized that it was JC attempting to leave that made Chris decide to kill Lynn because he couldn't handle without i love that and even in that way like she's still getting blamed for this it's like well because she went on this camping trip this is really what expedited it i know they're using that as like their mode the motive but was layered but before they even got to that theory or this idea the main thing is that lynn disappeared at first which is what made people kind of confused concerned and suspicious mm. mainly about chris and everything going on It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. So in January of 1982, around the 8th, so like a week after this uh, camping trip or so, Lynn disappeared from the family home. But it took like eight years for police to even investigate it, which... Yeah, we'll get into why. Yeah, yeah. It, it kind of, like You read that right, because <laughs> eight years. Yeah, they didn't take it seriously. Yeah. According to Lynn's friends who were uh, on the podcast that uh, Sarah mentioned, immediately after the disappearance... Police didn't even seem to question Chris too heavily or even speak to her friends or anybody. They just kind of were like, oh, she's gone. Yeah, they didn't even really like treat it as a missing person's case or a murder case. They were just like, no, she totally left her family. And everyone's like, what? Yeah, she just uh, picked up and left, even though she was the one who didn't want to sell the house and was the one who was staying put regardless. Her friends also think that they were... The they were like the police and everyone around were kind of blinded by Chris's celeb status, and also a number of the police officers were also football players or knew of Chris or knew him personally. So there was some kind of yeah. intermingling going on there. That was like a weird part of it too. I was like, why do all your like ex professional football players become police? Well, I was gonna say, why is every single person like you don't think I don't even know what professional like professional athletes here? I don't. Don't they become broadcasters or just chill? I don't even know. Yeah. Right? I know. I, I was like, I feel like... I'm like, Michael Strahan is on Good Morning America. He's not yeah. doing this. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, yeah. it's definitely... Yeah, I mean, he's not like a beat cop, you know? <laughs> like, no, exactly. I don't know. Yeah. But police did perform two separate inquiries into her death, and the medical examiner concluded that she was likely killed by someone known to her. Mm-hmm. Which I'm kind of like, it's funny. They're like, someone known. It's like, shouldn't we have all eyes on... <laughs> Well, I mean, the thing is, like, okay, once they actually started taking this seriously, they zeroed in on Chris pretty quickly, and I feel like for good reason. Um, Yeah. And they didn't really, it doesn't seem like they really considered other people. And if they did, we don't really know about it. That's, yeah, because it kind of was all, yeah. So during this time, though, too, this is when Chris, I guess, instead of flaunting his celeb status uh kind of started coming up with some some alibis or some uh, other reasonings for it so he said that chris claimed that lynn had called him and said she needed time away just you know that very 
ominous, vague, I need time away. But her friends insist that she would never do this and she would never leave her family, which, I mean, we can kind of, she was always, like, supportive of the kids. Like, she never really gave signs of. She had two young kids. I mean, give me a break. And also, like, her, one of the articles I read said that Chris would um, tell her mom, like, oh, she's going to call on Wednesday. So, like, her mom would wait by the phone all day Wednesday or whatever the day was. And then she would never call, obviously. And it's like, he would just play these games and. Try to really sell this ruse that Lynn had just completely run away. Yeah. And like, I mean, to more uh, discredit the idea that she ran away, her passport, credit cards, and like kind of like full identity was not used since 1982 when she first disappeared. So, I mean, she would have had to activate one of those things, you would assume, to continue this new life that Chris was saying she was doing. Well, it's just like, right. It's, It's kind of like... Yeah, she could have literally started over with a completely new identity, but this was a woman who didn't even know how to drive. Like, I just really don't think that she had the foresight and was planning to up and leave her life, assume a new identity, never, ever contact any of her family Family. ever. Yeah, and also it's the thing, too, where it's like she wouldn't need to, in this situation, need to start a new identity. She could have just moved. Like, like, yeah, she could have just gotten away from Chris. She did. I mean, unless she was really afraid, she didn't need to, like, assume a new identity and, like, burn her old one, essentially. Chris did claim that he saw her in the background of a show, like an Antiques Roadshow type of show, Mm -hmm. uh, and sent the screenshot to his daughter, which, nice try, sir. (laughs) Yeah, this was, like, years and years later. But but he's like, oh, freeze frame. And you're like, no, that is not. That's just... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's a blurry person. This was a photo from a TV in like the 90s. I don't think you're really being able to pick slay people. Unlike that, well, there was that yank, that baseball case where the guy was saved because it was like the, his yeah, alibi that he was at the game. Remember that? Because he was that's at like a Dodgers game or something. Yeah, something like that. That was so good. Sometimes that stuff does work with alibis. Not in this case. There have been though five alleged sightings of Lynn since uh, 1982 when she disappeared. And on top of all this, JC and Chris did end up getting married, and Chris divorced Lynn in her absence to marry Jay. Um, they did get divorced a number of years later. Oh, yeah. And then Chris got married again. This man. Right. So, I mean, Chris said he was devastated, but was he? He gave no real signs of it. Was, yeah. Was he really? Because he moved Jay He was Jay screenshotting into- Antiques Roadshow. I don't think well, he was. Well, that, that was like decades later. later. But yeah, yeah, yeah. he moved Jay into his home literally two days after Lynn's disappearance. That's and also like a week podcast. before he was saying, Lynn is gone, move in with me. So how devastated would you be? Yeah. And after she disappeared, like they were sleeping in their marital bed together like days after her disappearance. I mean, Chris only did one interview following Lynn's disappearance, but I don't know. That's not super surprising. Like he kind of no one wants to, yeah. was like, oh, the media is like they have this theory and they're going to just, you know, paint me in a way to support that theory. So, like He would get nothing out of doing an interview. Right. And so, yes, they got married, but divorced a couple of years later. And so Lynn's case was more or less cold. The police didn't even consider it anything beyond a wife running away until eight years after her disappearance. But then finally, her friends are just like, she wouldn't do this. And no. they start investigating again in 1990. So... Then in 2000, they they dug up an area by the pool at the home the Dawsons owned. They obviously no longer owned it. And they found a cardigan with like a bunch of Mm. cuts in it that police believe were made by a knife. 
And her friend said it was her favorite cardigan. And it's like, why was that buried? A very, like, why you wouldn't just randomly bury a cardigan? Right. Taylor Swift, yeah. And so then a 2001 coroner's inquest found that she was killed by a known person. And I kind of looked it up and like, I guess you can do an an inquest without a body in Australia. I think in the US, you are not calling the coroner. Because I don't know what the, yeah. (laughs) I think maybe they did the coroner just like kind of examine, yeah, a police investigation going. I clearly didn't look it up that deeply, so that's my bad. <laughs> but the point is, like, you can't—they can't do this inquest. And then a 2003 inquest recommended Chris be charged, but prosecution felt they didn't have enough evidence, so they didn't press charges at that time. Then in 2015, they opened another investigation and they excavated the Dawson's former house in the hopes of finding Lynn's body, but the search turned up empty, and there were all these like theories of areas where. People thought that Lynn was buried, like some thought it was by the pool, but then one of her friends remembered like they had been pouring concrete for the pool before her disappearance. And then, I don't know, they they just didn't end up finding her, like whether she had been moved by that time or whether that just wasn't where she was buried. They didn't find uh, her remains. Yeah. And then finally, after JC and Chris divorced, she called Lynn's brother to tell him that she suspected Chris killed Lynn. And then she started talking to um, police as well. And then the family believes the police took the case more seriously after that, which makes a lot of sense. That does make sense when they're like, hi, I was living with him and with him on and off for a very long time, mainly on. Right. And this is what I literally think is happening. So, right. Cause I think at first she didn't, she just kind of went with Chris's thing that, uh, you know, that Lynn just kind of walked away from her life. And then yeah. finally she was like, okay, now that I'm out of this, I can actually say that yeah. that didn't happen. Now that like my frontal lobe cortex is formed and I realize who that I, who the fuck I was married to. Let oh me get God. the fuck out of this. Yeah. Facts. God, it's insane. So kind of with all of uh, this too, there was this podcast that was, like Sarah said, extremely, extremely popular there. Uh, that kind of uncovered and rehashed and elaborated on this story a lot more the podcast was called the teacher's pet and it came out in 2018 it investigated the case uh journalist uh headley thomas got a hold of the coroner's inquest and decided to do the podcast you know kind of just to be like and at this point too no one was really making a lot of moves on any of this investigation so why not gives me pain Lindsay energy Payne Lindsay, but like with a journalism career with a journalism to him i'm just saying that is fair (laughs) Uh, simply put, like the podcast really kind of blew up, and everyone, uh, it, like topped the charts. Everyone was listening to it. It got over twenty eight million downloads. I think now it's closer to sixty million. Damn. I read, but it really, I mean, it was kind of like their serial. I yeah. feel like, yeah, hundred percent. And it got it got everybody talking, got things reopened, and it really goes deep into JC and Chris's relationship. Because I mean, hence the name, teachers' pet about like the nitty-gritty of what was going on there i also do think probably sarah like we were saying it took over a lot more now because now what i guess what now is being discussed about grooming and relationships like this just like how Mm. fucked it all was yeah because apparently that wasn't i know it's really hard to have sympathy for a guy who will do this Mm, literally zero could not even fathom a millimeter of sympathy the podcast uncovered also new evidence although police didn't really say specifically what that new evidence was, but it is kind of crazy and good for Hadley Thomas. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and with all of this, so the podcast came out in 2018. 
Chris was arrested in 2018, so they kind of had the moves. I also do probably feel like because it was immensely popular, there was more pressure for the police to do something. I could definitely see that. I could see that. I'm kind of being like, okay, we, we let this man have 30 or 9202, almost 40 years. Yeah, like four decades. Much, yeah. Almost. Let's do something here. The podcast was also so popular that the government had to remove the podcast in 2019 so that Chris could attempt to get a fair trial. That is crazy. Wild. Yes. That is really interesting. That 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 I was that was kind of bizarre. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I guess it does make sense for it's like how do you get a jury that didn't listen to this? It's you know, it's true. I feel like there have been I mean, that was like definitely a concern I remember with the Scott Peterson trial. Yeah. Um, 100%. So I think that's the flip side of like a case getting they too get much so. publicity. Mm-hmm. And people like, then it's like the Reddit theories and everything. Other people are like, oh, you need <laughs> to just like, you just stare straight. Uh, even though that doesn't always work with jurors because um the, yeah, the Johnny Depp thing. Uh, <laughs> the podcast also helped bring to light an important conversation because like we we're mentioning, yeah, kind of a Chris wasn't the only teacher to abuse his power and go after female students. Like it really kind of just, Shook. I'm sure also this it was, was like, like a, yeah, it people was like of that time were like, me. oh, that was not okay. It was just crazy to me how these teachers like treated Ugh. this just like they treated the high school like a pickup spot. Like, it's just crazy to me. A hundred percent. It really, really was so fucked. Yeah. Yeah. There were a lot of predatory teachers who just kind of got uh, excused with like a, well, that's what it is in the podcast. Yeah. Even a former student at Cromer High tells the journalist Headley about how six teachers were having relationships with students. Yeah, that is so many. And that's what this person knew and that what was like being discussed and everything like that, you know? So probably multiply that. It's just, yeah. Uh, and like they would, like Sarah was saying, they would drink at the bars with students and everything like that. So it really was just a blurred line of, there was no line of teacher student relationship in any normal sense. Also, like, as an adult, why do you want to drink with 16-year-olds? No. I hate young people. <laughs> I, I, now I'm at the age, I'm like, if I see someone who's 22, I'm like, you need to, you need to get your high hopes and you're. I'm like, you're 12. Yeah. Get away you, from need, me. you need to get the fuck away from me. Agree. <laughs> it, it, that is really a, a, a bizarre, yeah. Um, I, since the podcast, though, at least 20 teachers have now been accused of misconduct and a new police task force was formed to investigate the allegations, because I'm again, sure that is so many. Twenty. I can't imagine. Like, I haven't even. I can't imagine how that just such a common occurrence thing. Uh, yeah. I'm truly like, what was happening? And also, I'm sure like it's kind of like the attitude didn't change overnight when it came to like the 2000s or the alts or something like that. I'm sure it was still a thing going on there. But mm-hmm. hopefully now with this task force, it is not. Or yeah. if someone tries to, it stops. Yeah, I mean. I don't even know. And again, like this is not unique to Cromer High. This was in the area. It's possible it was like a thing nationally. They didn't really get into that, but like it was not just this one high school. It was like really part of the culture. Oh, 100%. So as far as the trial, the trial lasted three months. Chris maintained his innocence throughout, claiming Lynn just disappeared. He tried to bring up the alleged sightings. The judge was like, nah, just didn't buy it. What's interesting is that the case was entirely circumstantial since Lynn's body was never found, still hasn't been found, which makes it much harder of a case. But And the judge didn't end up dismissing other pieces of evidence too, like the 
alleged uh, physical abuse. Ultimately, though, Chris was found guilty. I didn't even put that in the notes because I felt that was kind of implied. But yeah, he was guilty, which was a huge deal. I don't believe he's been sentenced yet. No, and I know um, people were like, I was reading an article where someone said- Oh, he's going to appeal immediately also, his lawyer yeah, said. he's appealing like, immediately. And cool, do that. He would only, let someone said, oh, maybe he'll say where the body is if it helps him, but if it doesn't, why the fuck would he, yeah. Mm-hmm. But he is appealing it, so it's going to probably just go back and forth, but I mean, dude, because what, like, his current age too, it's sort of like, you had 40 Yeah, he's years, like 74. 74, this happened when he was like 30, so- Right, it's like just do the right thing. Yeah, you know, give peace to the family. That's the thing. Yeah, and all her friends who were like root, like trying to help her out and like keeping this alive because they really, until JC came forward with it, they were the ones trying to push as much as possible to ne- to a not a failed attempt, just to deaf ears almost until they can make this yeah. change. Yeah, I mean, I just like whatever. It seems to me that he obviously did this. Because oh, there was also a, a point where, like, I think he told JC that he was going to hire a hitman, but then was like, no, that involves too many, like, people. Or I forget, like, why he ultimately decided not to do that. But that was a thing that was brought up in the podcast, too, was that he thought about hiring mm-hmm. a hitman. I mean, what's kind of crazy is that I think his daughters, like, don't believe that he killed their mom. Really? Oh, I didn't know. I didn't check into that. I know at least one of them, like, has said, or they played a clip of, like, a journalist trying to get her for comment, and she is really on Chris's side that, like, this is all a witch hunt um, and everything like that, which I don't even know. Oh, I, I really don't even. Yeah, that's just, well, it's hard, too, because, I mean, they were so young when so much of this was happening. They just don't even. Right. I mean, like, and also... Their childhood was the mom disappearing, this like teenager moving in, everything like that. Like that's just they, yeah, uh, exactly. Because that's I what mean, I was thinking. This all was going down like during the, the most like okay. formative time too. Yeah, completely. Like it's it's I know this is but yeah. So it kind of is like almost not breaking, but was very the trial happened this year. So we'll mm-hmm. see how the appeal goes, and we'll keep tabs on it. But I hope hope this one it goes the way that we I think we all feel it should, and that there is some delayed but justice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Given that, I feel like we got to watch that Army Hammer documentary on a totally different note. I know. But I've heard it's like not, is it good? I've heard it's like. I don't know. But I also heard they had great. to remove things because it. They removed a not to be photo a of a bite mark that might yeah. actually be a tattoo. Okay. So, you know. I don't know. Shout out to editing and checking things out. But okay. Because it did look, I saw the photo and it did look very much not like a. It not like a real bite mark perf- yeah 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 you That's know what i mean funny. yeah i need to yeah. see that yeah no so i have no clue about that but i mean and i did watch the manti teo documentary it was really good i like it's it. honestly it's- not true crimey at all so i don't no. know if it makes sense for us to talk about but it's more so i like, should watch it it's more so like damn yeah <laughs> it's, it's just my like only reaction to it catfish pop culture like yeah. sports entertainment whatever but it's it, really good you guys should watch it, it really is yeah we could do maybe we can even do like a bonus recap of it or something like that down the line yeah why not to. yeah why not and there's like so many breaking stories i feel like or like insane stories going on right now so we might do a bonus next week or the week after or something so we'll stay in tune for that all right so for today's game you 
our listeners might not know, but last week we have a little, we had some uh, technical difficulties, so we couldn't do our game from last week. So we're gonna play it today, Ooh. also because today's case was a little bit tough to make a game for. So if you haven't listened to it, go listen to our previous um, episode, which was about One Taste, the sex cult, One Taste. So this game is going to test both of your abilities to see whether you're being approached by a cult or just a regular old religion. So this is how it's going to work. I'm going to tell you one of the core beliefs of either a cult or a religion. You're going to have to tell me which one it is. And you get a bonus point if you can name the actual cult or religion Ooh. that believes in this. Okay. Oh, God. Like okay. okay. Let's tough. see how good you guys are at this. Sarah, you will go first. Great. This is your first core belief. Human sacrifice oh. as the only way towards salvation for humanity. Oh, I mean, this could be any cult. So wait, <laughs> am I guessing if it's a cult or religion first? Yes, first Okay, guess definitely a cult. Incorrect. What? This is a religion. But can you name the religion? Human human sacrifice? As the only way towards salvation for humanity. No. What is this? Catholicism. (laughs) I guess that explains the guilt. The death of Jesus Christ was the way to, you know... To delete the original sin. Okay. De- control, alt, delete. Was that in the testament Tricky. or whatever? Yeah, <laughs> I see what you did there. Okay. So Catholicism, uh, they have over 1.3 billion members worldwide. They have Damn. their very own tiny country, Vatican City. <laughs> it's pretty cool. And oh, yeah. this was founded by Jesus. Ever heard of him? <laughs> <laughs> His next tape, yeah. I love this. <laughs> Not laughing like, at yeah, anybody. Ever heard of the most like, like, just... famous religion of all time? <laughs> I was laughing. Yeah, it was founded fact. by Jesus. I didn't realize it was founded by. Oh, you know, I'm not. Gonna... Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. By tradition, it was like he was the first sort of oh. Catholic, and then go Mary, got go his Joseph. twelve disciples. You know, the whole song and dance. Damn, that's how you know he died young. Because like, who has twelve friends when they're like <laughs> <laughs> popular guy? Right. Yeah. All right, Danny. This one's to you. Uh, this is one of their core beliefs. They denounce marriage as a form of social bondage, criticize Gandhi, okay. and make you wear red. Cult uh, or religion? Oh, cult. Correct. And, um, oh, I know it was the Wild West Country. Oh, uh, oh, I can't. Is it like Rajni? Uh, what? what? Oh, wait. What's this? Uh, Rajni's Purim? Yes, that is correct. Yes, okay. Rajneesh movement in general. I okay, think Rajneesh okay. Puram was specifically the name of their little town. Town? Okay. If I'm remembering that Close correctly. All right. That is two points. Well done. Um, this was founded by Bhagwan Sri Rajneesh. They made their own little community in Oregon. Mm-hmm. Um, they carried out the first bio attack yeah, in that was... US history, which was pretty cool. Um, <laughs> if you don't know about this cult, uh, we have an episode on it. Which was oh my God. really fun. Deep, deep cut. Deep cut. Deep cut. So and also, bar. Wild Wild Country, the documentary is so good. So good. Really, really that, highly recommend. When did that come out? Like 29 or? Yeah, it's a couple of years. I think. Yeah, it was maybe so good. Before really well done. Yeah, but it is wild, wild cult. Country. In a wild, wild country. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right, Sarah, this is the next core belief silver is the cure for everything, including cancer. I feel like we did this cult that something with like the colloidal silver. So I'm going with oh, I was gonna say, again. It is a cult. Okay. Well done. Okay. <laughs> <Tiffany's>. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember the name of this cult? 
Was it the Love Has One Cult? That is correct, yes. Sarah. Well done. Look yeah. at you. Deeper cut. <laughs> <laughs> Very deep cut. We also have a uh, episode on this. It, it was a movement led by Amy Carlson, who was also known as Mother God. So fucking weird. This she cult had, like, was Christmas also known. Lights, right? Yes, exactly. Yes, this that cult was, was why also I was like thinking of the silver as a Christmas tree cult mm-hmm. because, uh, spoiler alert, they did find her dead body that had been kind of mummified and wrapped in Christmas tree lights. Absurd. You know, tis the season. <laughs> a bit absurd, if you ask me. A well, little crazy. A little crazy. All right, so that is a tie game, two to two. Um, Danny, this is your next clue. They talk about the four noble truths all revolving around easing your suffering. Cult or religion? I'm gonna say religion. That is correct. Ooh. Do you know which one it is? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> you can guess. Tap it in the dark. Uh, um, four noble truths. Is it Christianity? That is incorrect. Oh. The correct religion was Buddhism. Oh, I was... Okay, okay. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> they, the Buddhists believe in... There's four sort of ways to achieve nirvana, as we all know. Uh, which is the ultimate enlightenment the four noble truths are like dukkha samadaya niroda and maga this religion was founded by well it's uh, some people say it's more of a way of life because that's why i was confused if it was because i was mm -hmm. like i didn't know that okay yes but it you know for all intents and purposes it is religious it is kind of religious but it was founded by gautama buddha and it's pretty old it was uh founded somewhere between the sixth and fourth century before christ so very very old is the fourth largest religion in the world with over Mm. 520 million followers all right pretty cool that is cool all right next up sarah this one's for you they tell you that to climb to the next level of existence death is necessary okay this has to be a cult it is a cult. okay that is is correct is it heaven's gate is it basically which cult is it oh which cult is it? Um, <laughs> I'm going to go with Heaven's Gate, but it could be a number of them. It is correct. It is Heaven's Woo! Gate. Well done. Well done. Well done. This was founded in the 70s by Bonnie Nettles and Marshall Applewhite. Yep. And their central core belief was that followers could transform themselves into immortal extraterrestrial beings by rejecting their human nature and ascend to the next level. Rejecting the nature to be alive. Yikes. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, this one's uh, a dark one. Pretty dark. Pretty we did dark. an episode on it too. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's also an episode on this if you are curious. All right, Danny, uh, this is the last. Oh Lord. Clue and Sarah's leading by one point. Oh shit! Ooh. So it's a close game. So this is it. They tell you the story of a woman who can only bear male children that are guaranteed to become conquerors. And who can restore her virginity after each delivery? Ooh. Huh? <laughs> is it a cult? Incorrect. This oh. is a religion. Oh yeah, no. Is it a common religion? I mean, I guess so. It's uh yes, it is. It is very, very well known. Male conquerors. Little hint: it is the world's third largest religion. <laughs> oh, perfect. That really helped. <laughs> um. Okay, it's not Catholic. It's not Buddhist. I don't think it's Judaism. <laughs> I'm like, how many religions? Um, 
I'll do. I'll, you know, what? I'm gonna go with Christianity again. Incorrect. Okay. It is Hinduism. Oh, okay. Yeah, they have a ton of very, very fascinating stories about their deities. There's over 33 million of these deities. <laughs> that is so many. I'm like, could I be one? <laughs> yeah, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> like, you guys have a room. <laughs> Yeah, so this religion is followed by 1.2 billion followers, which is about 15% of the global population. Wow. Um, and it, it's very localized, so it's mostly in India and uh, that geographical location. But there's four major denominations. It's it's actually very fascinating to read up on it because there's so much to it, so, so much like lore and so much, so many histories and so many stories about these deities. But um yeah, Danny, you were incorrect. And Sarah, that means you are the winner Ooh. of today's game. And you would be able to tell whether a cult or a religion is approaching you Can't better than Danny. Can't fool me. All right. This is why I wear my AirPods. Unless you're Catholic. <laughs> yeah. Anyone comes up to me, <laughs> Actually, I'm just like, I'm on the phone. <laughs> right? I, I think I would just assume everything is a cult, which is not a bad way to go. I'll say that. I mean, Jen Shaw, Jen Shaw said that. Now she's going to jail. But I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you for that game. That was, that was very illuminating, Jorge. It really thank was. you all so much for listening to this episode. If you have suggestions for a future app, you could put it in a review, but please give us five stars first. When you do that. But yeah, we're not, we're not going to do episodes with a four-star review. <laughs> right. Um, or you could drop it in our Facebook group, Not Another True Crime group. DM it to us at Not Another True Crime. Follow us there. We post... Uh, if you liked Jorge's trivia, I do that every day, pretty much. So you do, yes. It's a fun time. So follow us on there. You can follow me on Instagram at Sarah Lameem. You can follow me at Kashmir Danny, Kashmir with a K. And we'll be back next week. Not Another True Crime Podcast is produced by Jorge Morales-Pico and Sean Kilby. Our hosts are Sarah Levine and Danny Murphy. Editing by Jorge Morales-Pico. Social media by Sarah Levine. Be sure to follow at NATC Pod on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And send us your emails to NATC at Betches.com. Betches.